Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. This is the specialist of the special Garlic Marketing Shows because you get two Ian's. Uh, <laughs> my good friend and incredible entrepreneur, I am Bentley is here. And we're going to talk about the agency paper lead model, how he grew to o over a $20 million exit, um, and how he's helping other agencies right now grow in the paper lead model, the biggest marketing and some crazy Barbie marketing stories all today with two irons on the garlic marketing show. I am Bentley. Thank you for being on. Ian garlic. And you know, it, I was thinking about this on the way in. To my office today and I was thinking how often can you get two ions on one podcast I don't think it's ever happened before I think this history in the making uh, I mean how many other ions you know first is. off right and, I, I, and it's so it's, funny because I've, I yeah <laughs> it's funny because I'm just thinking to myself I'm like all of the different times and all of the struggles that I've been through when I introduce myself to somebody and they're like, oh, you mean Ian? No, it's Ian. And I know that you are a soul brother of mine to know the struggle that I've been through on this earth to have to go through that time and time again. I mean, it's like the equivalent of, um, it's the equivalent of uh, hey, my name is Chris. You mean Christ? Nope. No, nope, no, nope. it's, it's Chris. I don't think I stuttered. And uh, this is literally, you are the only person in the world to feel my struggle. So it is so amazing to be with you. <laughs> All right, so today I and I are gonna talk about the paper lead model for an agency, how he's used it to grow agencies, how he's helping other agencies grow with it, what it means, who you should, and if you're looking to buy leads, who you should be buying leads from, uh, some of the biggest mistakes, the, like I said, the Barbie story he's going to share. Um, but I, I, let's get a little, first of all, you know, I've, I've, I've heard your story a few times, but let's do a quick overview of how you got into agency world, the problems you had, and then how you ended up with a eight-figure exit. Yeah, no problem. So I'll try to keep this brief. Uh, essentially, I went to University of Florida. We're both Florida guys. Uh, went to UF, was a theater major. Wanted to be a, an actor, wanted to go to New York and do the off-comedy Broadway thing and wound up joining a band, a rock band. And by doing that, I wanted to design all the flyers. I wanted to design the logo. So I got into design and taught myself all of that. And that was right about the same time that the Internet started to get popular. So the guy who gave me the computer and all of the programs basically was like, hey, listen, uh, you guys need to buy a domain name for your band. And I'm like, what's that? So he's like, oh, it's a dot com. So the, na the name of the band was Liquid Vinyl. So he's like, liquidvinyl.com. I said, okay, let's go ahead and do that. So I was like, oh, this is pretty neat. I could build a website and have it there. We could promote that. So I taught myself all website design and all logo design and all, all everything there. So what wound up happening is it kind of evolved into an agency where I started designing websites for a bunch of different people. Uh, had some cool clients, but it was always me. Like there wasn't a lot of different people that I could sub out the work and it just became overwhelming and I was just literally between the band and bartending and you know trying to uh, build a, an agency it was it was it was it was daunting it was it was stressful and 
usually what wound up happening was somebody would come in and it would be something completely different that I didn't know anything about. And I was just trying to figure out, okay, now I have to learn a whole new industry in order to make this work for this guy. And then it's like, oh, now let's run some ads. So taught myself ads and ran all the ads. And essentially, long story short, did that for about five, six, seven years. Uh, and, and met this one guy who uh, did another project with, having to do with cigars and an e-com over there. And he happened to be in the car business and somebody talked to him about leads and he's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to buy any leads, but he, he was, it was very interesting to him. So, uh, we found out that lead gen and automotive space was just starting to get hot online. And he said, Hey, listen, you build it. I'll make the connections and we'll see what happens. And at that point I'm like, okay, this is interesting. It was my first taste of lead gen. And really it was amazing because we're like, all right, let's just put out a couple pages and test it. And all of a sudden it was it, it was a, a huge influx of all these leads. Like the first day we went live, and here, here's a fun story. We would hit return, and all of a sudden we'd see more leads come in. And we'd hit return, and it was like 20. We hit return, it was like 15. We hit return, it was like 35. So we had this slot machine. We were pretending we were hitting a, a, doing a slot machine and hitting return at the same time. Little did we know we were spend a lot more than we made that night, but we <laughs> saw the potential there. We're like, okay, wait a minute. Okay, so now let's back up. Let's reverse engineer it. Let's try to figure out the, the getting profitable about it. And about 30, 45 days into it, we actually were profitable about 10000 bucks. And then we're like, all right, this is something that we need to now focus on. So we got really good at the landing pages and the experience and, and the keywords and understanding all the mechanisms that have to do with digital marketing. We basically grew this company from – just me and him uh, on a little project, and uh, fast forward, I think about eight years, uh, the month or two before we sold the company, we had a million dollars in revenue, and uh, we wound up selling it in a deal that was initially $15 million to a public company, and uh, the deal totally was worth about $20 million because we had a lot of stock that we were able to cash out. So um, it's a pretty cool story of you know, a uh, theater major <laughs> basically got into digital marketing and, you know, basically was able to start and scale a company. And it was all having to do based off of selling leads to car dealers, not taking over all of their websites and not getting in bed with them, but just generating leads off of one site and distributing them. So uh, that essentially is my story and uh, had a lot of success with it. And, you know, now actually teaching others how to do the same thing. Yeah, and you go to pivotscale.com and learn more about what uh, Ian's doing and learn more about their, their techniques. Um, if you're an agency and you want to get into this model, uh, it's a fantastic program. I know a lot of people in it, they're successful. Uh, but I think the big point to an agency side is what you said before, that we st you know agencies start to bring in things and they don't say no, right? They don't say no and they just start doing stuff and and all of a sudden they're doing too many things um you know why what's the problem with trying to do all of the things for one client well one of the things that i really tout and whether you're in paper lead or whether you're a traditional agency it's niching down and being able to really understand one industry is incredibly important so so the niching down part of it is huge and I think that that, like I said, regardless if you do paper lead or you do traditional, understanding who your client is and who they're looking for and being able to really focus on that is huge. 
like I, and I know that, you know, you really understand the legal side and the legal industry because you've delved into it and you've dealt with a lot of those clients. So you can speak the lingo and regardless if you are just generating leads or you're doing videos for them or doing websites, you know what works and you know what doesn't. And I think that a lot of the mistakes that most digital agency owners make is they'll take anybody that they want and expect the same exact success across the board. And usually what winds up happening is there's such a learning curve, number one, to be able to learn a new industry. And by the time you learn that industry, most likely those clients are going to bounce because you haven't been able to get the actual KPIs or the results for them. So I think that that number one is the most important thing as far as any digital agency is just being a specialist. I mean, if you went to a doctor and you had a heart problem, would you go to a general doctor? No, you'd go to a cardiologist, right? There's specializing people in every single field. So, you know, it, that, that's what I think is probably the biggest mistake that most digital agency owners make. And I agree completely. I, I talked about that, not just in agencies, but any business, videographers too, I talked to them about niching down. It is absolutely crucial and stay in your lane. Um, and, but so now, now you decide to get into lead gen and what are the aspects of becoming a lead gen agency versus a regular agency and website design agency? Yeah. So, so the biggest difference, and this is what I tout is building something for yourself as opposed to building something for others. Because if you are constantly generating leads on behalf of somebody else, like, so for example, let's stay in the, in the legal field. If you're like, oh, I got this lawyer on board and I got this $5,000 retainer and 15% of spend off of 15, 20,000 bucks a month. Okay, great. Well, all of the work you're doing is for that. You own nothing. So you're a hired gun where if you had a portal, if you had a third party site and you know, there's tons of them out there that you got the progressives, uh, home advisors, uh, you've got uh, lending tree, you've got auto traders, all of those sites essentially just connect a consumer with a client. And if you build your own site, you can generate the leads on behalf of those clients and not have to do any of the custom work. So what it does is it, it gives you the ability to not only build something for yourself that, by the way, there's always bigger players than you in a space. So for example, let's say you're in uh, some sort of a uh, home services, right? Uh, home advisor might be like, hey, listen, they're starting to dig into some of our advertising and how many people do they have on board? And then all of a sudden you get a call from them like, curious how much money you guys are making and how many, how many, let's say, contractors you have. And you share it with them after signing an NDA and they're like, great, uh, we want you to go away. Here's a check for 10 million bucks. We'll go ahead and take your digital assets and we'll take all the people you have on board. And then there you go. And that's how acquisitions happen all the time in a paper lead space where you don't hear about any of those acquisitions with a regular digital agency. So that's essentially my philosophy on if you're going to pivot to some sort of a lead gen, do it so that you actually are building an asset and a third party site and you're only focusing on one funnel. So what are the elements of building a lead agency? I mean, moving from a paper lead model to a, or maybe from a website agency to a paper lead model, who should do it? Why should they do it? How should they do it? Yeah. So. If you have any experience doing any kind of media buy, if you have experience building websites for people. So there, there's two elements that are pretty much about the same 
in regards to a paper lead agency or traditional agency. Number one, with paper lead, to optimize your spend or, or your revenue, you have to sell. You have to get clients on board. The main difference between a traditional agency and a paper lead agency is if you're able to generate the leads, let's say in a third-party site like the home advisors, progressives, auto traders, what have you, what's nice about it is you can supplement somebody's marketing efforts without having to get in bed with them. So if they already have an agency, you're not necessarily competing against another agency. Your pitch is, hey, can you handle an extra appointment a day? And if they can, great. I can supply that for you. Where instead of the, the typical retainer model digital agency is, we're going to take over your website. We're going to take over your ad spend. And we're going to build your funnels. And we're going to do your social media. There's so much labor that goes along with all of that. That even if you have a big deal, like a $5,000 retainer, a lot of that's getting eaten up by your labor costs. Because you can't do it by yourself. You go crazy. Can't scale that away. Where the paper lead model is, you're, all you're doing is you're turning on a DMA specifically in that area to say, I need to generate more leads in that area and let's send them through a lead management software. So it makes it really easy as far as being able to scale. And uh, like I said, I think that there's two pillars that most digital agency owners have, regardless if it's P PPL or, or traditional. You have to go out and you have to go find the clients. And you have to know how to advertise online. So as long as you know how to advertise online and you have some little bit of sales experience, then you can pivot and, and tradition. you can basically transition into a paper lead. But there's a lot of moving parts that go along with it, but it is an easier pitch. The cool thing about paper lead as well is there are specific niches in which you don't have to generate all the leads by yourself. So for example, there's wholesale out there in insurance world, in car world, in uh, roofing, in solar, where you can get with other lead generators and purchase those leads and sell them back to your clients and make the spread rather than 100% having to go out there and generate all the leads yourself. I don't recommend doing that 100% because you can't control the traffic, but it's also a nice way to get going as well as being able to supplement uh, filling buckets, we like to say. So if somebody has an order of a, 100 leads and you only generated 75 yourself, you can go and buy 25 on a wholesale and supplement them. And you'll know what the quality is because you know what sources they are through the lead management system. So there's a lot of different mechanisms that uh, you can do as far as being able to not have to have the weight on your shoulders to generate every single lead for every single client. And what are the biggest challenges to growing a paper lead agency? Well, uh, you know, I think that the biggest challenges is, so <laughs> that's a great question. And seeing what the challenges are with a lot of the members in Pivot and Scale, I think it's just, they're scared to go out and sell. They're just scared. And really it's not that difficult. You just have to go out and sell. And they're a little bit hesitant about going out and generating leads. Well, if you get the right team, media buyers, if you already have experience, just put your head down and just do it. And I think that people overcomplicate a lot of things. I think people overcomplicate the tech stacks. And uh, I actually was thinking on the way here as well that I want to trademark this, uh, this word, paralysis. 
<laughs> where it's the next shiny object, right? You get you get stuck saying, oh, well, oh, is there a better SaaS that I can use for this? Or is this a better CRM or a better lead management system? Or should I use Twilio? Or should I use this? Or should I use Slack? Or should I use Telegram? And you get stuck in all the crap that's out there where it's just like if you just put your head down, put together a simple tech stack, simplify, and go get it, then you can go get it. And I think that a lot of times as digital agency owners, especially with Facebook, especially with Google, especially with YouTube, it's the next shiny object syndrome. And if you can just put your blinders on and not have to worry about it all. And it's like, okay, great. Once I get to point A, then maybe I can say, is there a better process? Is there a better software out there? Unless it's just failing. So um, I would say that that's probably the biggest obstacle is just getting out there and doing it. And keeping your head down and focusing and just keeping it simple, stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen your stuff and I know it's, it's a little more complex than that. You do a lot more and there's a lot of nuanced stuff, but I think you're dead on though. It's like so many people I see so often these conversations with agencies and everyone trying to find the next SaaS solution to a problem that's actually a people and systems problem, right? Yeah, it, it happens all the time. It happens all the time where they're like, oh, well, if I can get this one LinkedIn outreach connection deal or what's the next lem list that will allow me to automatically schedule all my appointments and stuff like that where when it comes down to it people want to talk to people and if they know that it's an automated bot most of the time they're not going to respond i mean come on we all get those random emails where we know that it's just a boilerplate and do we ever respond no so do you expect somebody to act differently than what you would expect yourself no so all of these assassins that are out there that say they do what they're supposed to be doing, granted, yes, they have mechanisms that can help. But when it's all said and done, you have to put the sweat equity into it. And then, yes, once you have specific SOPs and, and, and operating procedures and you're like, OK, great, now I can hand this off to a VA as long as it seems like there's human touches there. Uh, then you can start scaling and using a lot of the, the, the SaaS and the softwares. But up until then, uh, you know, all of the shortcuts that it, everybody thinks that they have, the guys that are successful with those SASs are not because really of the SASs, it's because of their processes using that. So. Yep, I agree. I agree completely. Um, and so when you talk about, um, you know, that transition from paper, from website design to paperly, you talk about getting all the leads in. But what was the point where you're like, man, I really don't have to, I don't have to worry about, it's all about just lead generation. When did you realize that I don't have to worry about a client's opinion or a client's complaining uh, anymore and more about just making them money? Do you remember that? Yeah, and, and it came early on. Uh, just, it's, it's less of not worrying about making them money because you always want every single client to stay on board. You never want churn. But what I realized is it's all about the process on the other side. So we would generate the same lead. Let's say it's a Honda Accord lead in Orlando. And we would send the lead from the same exact ad campaign, the same messaging, the same landing page, the same time. We'd send it to two different dealers. One dealer is like, I can't get enough of your leads. And another dealer is like, your leads are shit. <laughs> How is that possible? The only way that it's possible is because of the process on the other end. So one of the things that I'm constantly telling people is, how, is, is finding the right clients is just as important as finding the client. 
if you don't want churn. So if you've got somebody on the other end that doesn't have CRMs, that doesn't have sales processes and things like that, and they just want leads, and they're like, how are you going to deliver the leads? You know what? Just email them to me or email them to my secretary. You're probably not going to have that person on board very much longer because they're going to think your leads are shitty. But if you have a relationship with a client who understands processes, who understands that there's a sales process behind anything, then what winds up happening is you have a long-term relationship with them. And then as they understand the processes, the importance of it, they understand the importance of leads, then at that point when they're looking to expand, they look to you. And the beautiful thing about PPL is you make a spread off of every single lead that comes in. So if somebody has a 100 lead order and all of a sudden they're like, you know what, we're going to do 500 now. You're making (laughs) all the spread between generating the leads and selling them as opposed to, hey, we're just going to bump up our spend and you're only going to make 15% off of the ad spend. Or because you spend more money, you actually make less money as an ad agency on a percentage level because at that point it doesn't make sense for the client to continue to do work with you. If all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're going to go to $50,000 a month spend, but we can't keep on paying you 15%. We're going to pay you 8%. So you wind up making less money as more clients usually scale up where in the paper lead you make even more money so uh, yeah that's amazing become more profitable become yeah because you're right more agencies the as you grow up the the the, the agency profit level goes down your margins go down in most agencies um and so you know, you're, you've got a profitable agency and it's, it's growing profit, but you decide to sell. Tell me about what that was like. What did you learn in exiting your company? So we, we were, we actually were vetted uh, by a couple of different companies and we thought we were going to sell to this one company uh, for years. They, we, we were their number one guy. I mean, literally we were their number one supplier and we thought that we were going to be acquired by them. In fact, there was multiple times where the CEO would actually fly down and meet with us and we're like, okay, this is going to be it. We're going to sell our company. And we did it. What was interesting is we wound up selling our company to the people that weren't our number one guys because they wanted to be number one. I remember the conversation I had with uh, a biz dev guy over at the company. He goes, Hey, listen, what's it going to take? How much do we need to be, you know, to get all of your leads? And I said, well, we have a direct relationship. We're a relationship type company. So it's not just how much a lead's going to, to, we're going to do per lead. It's okay. What's volume? What relationship do we have? Do we want to potentially disrupt that relationship and change the dynamics just to make an extra 50 cents per lead? Granted, it would be tens of thousands of dollars a month, but we're looking at the big picture. So they're like, well, we want to be number one. And I said, if you want to be number one, you can just buy the company. The next day, the CEO flew down, looked at our numbers, said, we'll do a letter of intent. And within 90 days, the sale was done. We had to literally reverse our cash to accrual, do a full-blown audit with Ernst & Young. And we're talking about having to go back eight, nine years for every single dollar that we spent. And did all that in 90 days and and the acquisition was done. So I would say that uh, to to answer your question, what are the things that, you know, were were interesting about the acquisition? It came from the person I didn't expect it to be. But when it was all said and done, the fact that we held true to our relationships and our ethics actually caused that acquisition to happen. So just going after 
what the most, the highest bidder is over relationship actually worked out for us. Um, not actually just going for the full greed. Uh, there, there's a, uh, there's a saying that pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. And we always stay true to that. We just wanted to make sure that we had a really good business and that we could wake up every single day with the relationships that we had and didn't really fuck anybody over, honestly. And it was really important for us. And I think that that's probably the biggest, the biggest, if anybody's listening <laughs> that is ever wants to sell their company, just know that those relationships are huge. Those relationships are huge. People will bend over for you in case something bad happens and they will stick up for you. But if you're over there just playing the greed card and just being like trying to price everybody out, guess what? There's going to be somebody that's always going to be behind you that can probably do the same thing for cheaper. So just, just know that there's a lot that goes into building a business ethically and I think that that's probably the number one thing that I could share with everybody here. You know, and that's amazing advice. And that's not advice you hear often when someone's considering the exit of a business, right? You hear all these other technical things about maximizing the value, but you don't hear about that relationship. And I think that's so, so important. Like you talked about too, on the lead side, it's not just a transaction, it's a relationship and you care about that person. And uh, I, I mean, I think that's an important thing to, for people to realize, not only in, being an agency, but in hiring an agency, right? Um, awesome. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your story, your marketing story about your, your Barbie video. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this, this is one of those things where, and as marketers, we all have to beta test. We have to test, we have the AB test. We think we have the amazing viral video that is just going to make us millions and millions of dollars. Well, I thought I had that. I thought I had this amazing idea. In fact, that there was this one guy that did videos that he did a video that I saw. I was like, Oh my God, if I can just take that and apply it to the automotive space, it's going to go viral and we're going to be bigger than auto trader because of this one video. So I went ahead and spent a lot of time, did the storyboards with this guy back and forth, spent a lot of money with it. And I'll be happy to post the, the, the video. I've got it on my YouTube channel. I'll be happy to post it at this point. It doesn't matter. But essentially what it was was a full-blown Barbie animated deal that this guy did having to do with how awful it is to buy a car. But if you buy a car through the true internet price in Autotropolis, which essentially we had this you know, algorithm that would be able to price something based off of sales over the last 30 days, which would give them a true price, uh, that they could just take that into the dealership and pay that price. So it would be the haggle and all of that stuff. So we did this awesome, awesome, awesome video. And by the time we got it done, I thought it was amazing. Then what we did is we sent it out to all of our peers and every single one of them, which were the dealers who were paying our bills, thought it was so insulting and it painted them as the old school used car salespeople. And it was just awful. So literally never took it to market. Spent all of this time thinking I had the amazing viral video because not thinking I can't insult the hand that feeds us. Even though everybody has this idea of what a car dealership really is, we can't necessarily really portray it as a brand 
take it to market and expect them to happily giving us money for leads when we're insulting who they are. So that's kind of my uh, thought I had the best idea in the world and did it. So. <laughs> and that happens a lot in marketing. You, and, and that's what testing is. You, there's always an unlooked, uh, overlooked thing uh, that you don't realize till the end. I mean, there's the Pepsi challenge and all of those things out there that we, you know, marketing lessons in the past. And I think that's an awesome one to have. Um, Ian, so tell us if, if someone who work can you work with now? You're, you've got Pivot and Scale. You're working with other agencies. Tell us about working with you and joining Pivot and Scale. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, if the the, the perfect clients are obviously agencies that are in retainer that have some experience dealing with clients and having uh, some experience in ad spend. I will say that there are some. Uh, People that we work with that have experience in affiliate marketing that actually are sick of just constantly being at the beck and call of other people that actually want to build something for themselves. Uh, you know, people like yourselves who are in video who have ideas on saying, listen, I have a really cool website and I'm charging it as a directory, but what if I were to charge pay per lead? And being able to establish those infrastructures and those frameworks to be able to execute that. So the perfect people that, that I see come in the, uh, into the program all the time are, are essentially just digital marketers or entrepreneurs that can actually think a little bit bigger than being a hired gun. Then be able to have the visions of grandeur to say, okay, I saw what you did. It makes sense to me. And if you can get me from point A to point B faster, awesome. And I'll tell you what's interesting is we have a lot of agencies that are very talented but I am actually surprised with, and I guess it's just because I've been in digital marketing for literally almost more than half of my life, but I'm able to just give advice that are light bulb moments for quite a number of my members that to me seem layman, but to them are like, oh my God, that's the special sauce. So that's kind of really neat for me to experience that every week uh, on the group calls, which as of right now, I'm the only one that's doing the group calls. To me, it's very important to work one-on-one -on -one with all of the members to make sure that they're seeing success that they should. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts with it. Uh, but when it's all said and done, you know, just it's all about generating leads. It's all about selling the leads and coming up with the right framework and the strategies and all the little small little details. I always say the devil's in the details, but being able to fine tune all the little problems and things like that, that people come up with is, uh, is pretty neat. So to answer your question, really anybody who's in digital marketing that wants to build something that's a little bit more rather than just build something for somebody else, I would say is the perfect person to join pivot and scale. Awesome. Awesome. You can go to pivotandscale.com. We'll put that link in the show notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, we'll put the link to that. And if you want to see that video, we'll put the link to that video in the YouTube, uh, the, uh description. Mr. Ian Bentley, maybe I'll finally get maybe I'll finally get the virility that I was looking for because of Ian. <laughs> oh yes, maybe, maybe. Uh, Ian, thanks for being <laughs> on this special two episode Ian of uh, Ian's two Ian's of the Garlic Marketing Show. <laughs> and I, I, I X two. I X two. <laughs> I X two. Oh, uh, and thank you all for taking Ian and I on your journey. This has been I Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it'll make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads. 
better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow I Am Garlic on Facebook. <laughs>